And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a great week. Um, a lot to get to today, as always. Um, a, a ton to get to. I'm doing a solo episode today. I, I realized I had had guests on uh, like every show for the last two or three weeks, so I definitely wanted to do a, a solo show today, mix it up a little bit. Don't want it to get stale on you guys, obviously. Um, and I have to do a little bit of a shorter episode today. Um, but look, hey, I've been promising longer shows, and I feel like I've definitely delivered. I think every show for the last couple weeks has been uh, at least 45 minutes, a couple of them up near an hour. So, hey, you're welcome, guys. You wanted longer shows, and, uh, you know, I, I, I've delivered. So, hey, today will be a little shorter, but it's free content. Sue me. Uh, yeah, before I get started, uh, everybody, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. And if you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. And if you're on iTunes, please give us a five star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. All right. Actually, you know what? Before I jump in, uh, yeah, should I talk Game of Thrones? And everybody's been talking Game of Thrones. I didn't talk about it on, uh, on Monday, I had Alex Sears on the show, and he doesn't even watch Game of Thrones, so we couldn't really talk about the final episode. You know, I, I don't feel like going into it right now. I'm still kind of upset about the way HBO ended this series, which is by far, objectively speaking, the greatest TV show in the history of television. I mean, it, it's I still believe that, but they did end it in uh, just a cheesy, nonsensical way, ending with Bran Stark, the least deserving character in the entire cast being awarded the the Iron Throne, and it's weird. Hey, look, uh, I, I'll, I'll say one positive thing. One positive about the ending of Game of Thrones is that the commies lost, okay? <laughs> At least the communists lost. Uh, Daenerys Targaryen, the Dragon Queen, obviously became the Stalin-esque figure, uh, slaughtering thousands, or not thousands, millions of civilians, uh, wanting to, you know, rid the world of tyranny from coast to coast and, you know, travel around killing everyone. Uh, you know, she, she definitely was corrupted and she became the evil Stalin kind of a communist dictator and she ended up getting killed. So, hey, at least uh, at least the, the good guys meeting the right family, the Starks won, um, the, the least cool members of the, of the good family won. But, uh, hey, look, at least the commies lost and I guess we can all uh, chuck that up in the win column. Um, all right, let's, let's go to the news of the day. Um, I talked a lot in the last uh, few episodes about how Joe Biden is, is, unless something crazy happens, going to be the nominee for the Democrats in 2020. Um, I I heard an interesting podcast this morning. Um, it was on the uh, Brit Hume's podcast. Obviously, Brit Hume, Brit Hume hosts the six o'clock hour on Fox News. He's one of the best newsmen on the planet. He's one of the only objective journalists uh, on cable news, if not the only one. Uh, but he had on Britt Hume, who's a, a senior political correspondent for Fox News, and he's a longtime newsman. He's in his late 70s. Uh, very respected guy. I, I love Britt Hume. Uh, he, he's really on point with a lot of his analysis. Um, and he said uh, some interesting comments on this podcast with Brett Baer um, about how he he doubts that uh, that Biden can, can hold up under the scrutiny of, of running for president and uh, 
that he might not actually uh, cross the finish line uh, in terms of getting the Democratic nomination. So uh, it's a little bit longer clip, a couple minutes, but uh, let's listen to what Britt Hume has to say uh, regarding Joe Biden. A lot of good in Joe Biden. Joe Biden's the kind of man, if you walked up to him and even if you barely knew him and said, I need the shirt on your back, he'd start taking his shirt off. That's how he is on a personal basis. Um, It is often thought, and I've often believed, that experience brings wisdom. I'm not so sure in his case. Uh, His record, particularly on foreign policy, is checkered with uh, positions that are subject to real doubt. I mean, he was... He was against the first Gulf War. He voted for the second Gulf War. He was for the nuclear freeze, probably the worst foreign policy idea of the second half of the 20th century. And when the time came to make the bin Laden raid, the one that eventually killed bin Laden, he advised against. Those are just a few examples. There are many more. Um, so I, I, on, on the other hand, he is fondly remembered as a loyal vice president to Barack Obama, and Barack Obama generously gave him credit for being a trusted advisor, which always made me a little dubious about Barack Obama. But, um, look, I like Biden on a personal basis, but I think he is a walking time bomb. I think his age is an issue. I'm the same age as he is. My age is an issue. I think his <laughs> is, too. Uh, I think on a debate Even stage... And how so? The filter's gone? The, the, what? the filters don't work as well. The memory isn't as sharp. Um, you might blurt out things as he did the other day when he said China's no competitor of ours. Now, I, you know, I can kind of get where he was coming from on that, meaning, you know, we're the best and nobody can beat us, but that isn't how it came out, and that is not how he said it. So he is gaff-prone and always has been, and I don't think that's that he's less so now. So I think he, you know, he's got a lot of strengths. He's got a huge body of sympathetic support in the party. He'll be able to raise money. He'll be with us. You know, he's going to be in this. Um, but I think it's a high wire act and I'm not sure he can make it. So that's a lot of uh, good points from Britt Hume. Um, it's obviously very, very great analysis there, but again, and I mentioned this on Monday, it's, I don't think this is as much about Joe Biden as it is the rest of the candidates. And, and just addressing a couple of the, the points that Britt made there. Yeah. Joe Biden's been awful on foreign policy, obviously. I mean, if you just look at the foreign policy generally of the Obama administration, the Iran deal, the the, the, the Paris Climate Accords, the uh, the additional wars they started in Libya and Syria and Yemen and, and, and other places, it, it's been bad. And then we've, yeah, I've mentioned that about the, the Osama bin Laden raid. I've mentioned that on the show before, and no one else talks about this. No one talks about this. This is the first time I've heard anyone in the mainstream media or even in in new media, even on on podcasts like this, nobody mentions the fact that it is common knowledge that Joe Biden advised against killing Osama bin Laden. Now, thank goodness uh, President Obama uh, went through with it and and took out bin Laden, but Joe Biden advised against it, which is the most ridiculous, the most asinine thing imaginable. I mean, a man that murdered 3,000 Americans on our soil, uh, the, the second you have a chance to take him out, you kill that man. You take him out. And thank goodness we did. Um, you know, thank God for the Navy SEALs that made that happen. But Biden apparently was worried about blowback from Muslims or something like that. Who who, who cares? You kidding me? Blowback from Muslims. Yeah, miss me with that. My gosh. I mean, can you imagine that man in charge of our foreign policy? But again, where I differ from Brit, and I mentioned this on Monday, I it's not like any of these other candidates are better. I mean... <laughs> Look at Bernie Sanders on foreign policy. He spent his entire life praising the communists, praising the Soviet Union. 
I mean, uh, Kamala Harris. I mean, she doesn't even know anything about foreign policy. Kirsten Gillibrand, Cory Booker, Pete Buttigieg. Beto O'Rourke doesn't have an opinion one way or the other on anything, really. He just agrees with whatever the rest of the candidates say. So I, I don't think, I, I think I still disagree with Britt because it's not about Biden. I mean, Biden, yes, he's bad. And everything Britt Hume pointed out is absolutely true. He's 78 years old. That's a problem. He has no filter. He apparently can't keep himself from sniffing little girl's hair. That's an issue. It's weird. It's creepy. He's terrible on foreign policy. His record sucks. I get that. But who's better? Like, who has a better record? I mean, this this field is so weak. I I agree with every single point that Britt made there, but I just don't think it's going to matter. One, Biden's up off to such a large lead. It's not like he's up three points over Sanders or three points over Buttigieg or whoever. I mean, he's up 20, 25 points in a lot of these polls, including all of the states that matter, all the early primary states. So I think he might just be too far ahead unless he just really collapses or does horribly in these debates. He might be too far ahead to to lose the nomination. And looking at his terrible record, I, I'm not seeing a record from any of these other Democrats that, that that's any better. I mean, like, Joe Lieberman isn't running, right? Like, Joe Manchin isn't running. Like, as bad as Biden is, what other Democrats are proposing anything intelligent? They're all just full-fledged socialists that are just as bad or even worse on foreign policy. So I, I just don't, I, I don't get it. I, I agree with everything Britt says, but in the end, I just don't think it's going to matter. I really don't think it's going to matter. I, I, oh my gosh, I, I just read this, and it's an older piece a few, from a few months ago from Bloomberg. But this is just tremendous. This is absolutely tremendous. We hear all the time how the left, uh, you know, cares about the poor. You know, Republicans, we're all just, uh, conservatives, we're all just heartless. Oh, especially as libertarians, we're so heartless because we believe taxation is theft, right? You know, we have no hearts. We have no souls. We don't care about our fellow man. We don't care about the poor. This is, this is ridiculous. Check this out from Bloomberg. <laughs> Props to a Comfortably Smug over on Twitter for tweeting this out, bringing it to everyone's attention. It's from Bloomberg. Quote, Some Silicon Valley residents don't want new apartment buildings changing their suburban towns, and they get angry at the thought of affordable housing bringing poorer people to their neighborhoods. Two years ago, about 500 local residents showed up at a meeting to discuss small, temporary housing in San Jose. Many screamed and shouted at Loving, uh, Loving's the, the politician that, that proposed these, uh, these affordable housing units. Some shouted at Loving and her colleagues. At one point, <laughs> at one point the crowd chanted, Build the wall! <laughs> To keep homeless people away. Oh my goodness. We have ourselves a natural disaster. All right, guys. This is just uh this is just the limousine, the the Mercedes socialists at their worst here. I mean, obviously the left doesn't care about the poor. They obviously don't care about the poor. These residents in Silicon Valley, the same people working for Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, banning conservatives from the internet for being quote unquote hateful. Hey, you care about the poor? All right, let's 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 you know, build some cheap apartments in in your neighborhoods, right? And the poor people can live there. Oh no, 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 no! Uh, are you crazy? No, we're leftists living in California. We don't want those dirty poor people here. The the left, the Democratic Party, doesn't care about the poor. We all know this. Every every social program they invent hurts the poor. Welfare ended up hurting the poor. Food stamps hurt the poor. 
for goodness sakes. Most people on food stamps just buy candy and pop and garbage with it. I mean, these programs do not help the poor. Look what they did to the black community starting in the 60s with the Great Society. They said, okay, well, black folks need some help. Okay, and maybe that was coming from a good place. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I wasn't there. So we need to help black folks. So they they, they institute the, the Great Society. And immediately, black fatherlessness skyrockets because they, they incentivize black women to have kids out of wedlock. Before the Great Society, 20% of black babies were born without a father in the home. That percentage is 70% now. 70% of blacks are born without a father in the home as a direct result of government intervention in their lives. Look what they did with the war on drugs. They say, oh, crack is an epidemic in the black community. Drugs are, are killing people in the black community. So they, they start the war on drugs. They ramp it up under Bill Clinton's administration. What do they do? They put a generation of black men in jail, and then a generation of black boys grow up without fathers, and then they end up going to jail because they grew up without a father. And they get into drugs, and they get into crime as well. I mean, everything they do backfires. Everything they do hurts the poor. And (laughs) some politician in Silicon Valley says, hey, look, if you care about the poor so much, let's build some affordable housing in your neighborhood, and they lose their damn minds. These people don't care. These people do not care about the poor. They never have, and they never will. And I just hope that voters can see through this gar- this garbage. It's all nonsense. It's just leftist propaganda. I have to imagine voters will start seeing through this shit. Changing gears here, back to uh, back to national politics. Look, guys, there are many many issues facing the country right now. The Congress should be concerned with you know the rising cost of health care, for instance, the opioid epidemic. Several foreign wars that we shouldn't be in, that we either shouldn't have been in to begin with or certainly shouldn't be in right now. There's a there's a full-blown crisis at the southern border with tens of thousands of illegal immigrants flooding the border every week. I mean, it is a catastrophe down there on the southern border. And Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader, uh, leader of the Republican Party in Congress, who overall has been doing a pretty good job. I mean, he's, he's gotten a, a record number of federal judges confirmed. He's gotten two Supreme Court Justices confirmed. Typically, I like Mitch on some things. I don't like him on other things. But for some reason, Mitch McConnell took it upon himself to start pushing pushing legislation to raise the age of uh, buying tobacco from 18 to 21. Yep, because that's what we should be focusing on as a country right now, raising the age where you can buy a pack of smokes. Oh, and by the way, just side note for the record, I know I advertise for a, a vape shop occasionally on this show. Um, I, I vape. I'm currently vaping, actually. Um, it, this would uh, raise the age to buy uh, vape products to 21 as well, not just tobacco. So vape is thrown in there as well, which is just absolutely asinine. I, this, this is just terrible. It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, not just on a policy basis, but also on a politi- political basis. And also just, it, it's bad. It's bad all around. It's just bad. Bad policy, bad optics, bad politics, just bad. Uh, my friend Jeremy Frankel, who's been on the show several times, laid this all out in a piece in The Resurgent yesterday. Um, go check it out. You can find, He's on Twitter at Frankel Jeremy. So go check it out. I'm sure he tweeted out um, his piece. It's very good. It's very, very good. I encourage everybody to go read it. Um, so why is this dumb? <laughs> why is this? T- I mean, there's a million reasons why it would be dumb to raise the age to buy a pack of smokes from 18 to 21. But first, politically, it's politically dumb. Why? Because we have a booming economy. I mean, the economy is is going gangbusters right now. It, lowest unemployment in 50 years. 
lowest female, black, and Hispanic unemployment ever. You know, we're, we're at full employment right now nationally. Wages are rising faster than at any point in the last two decades. You know, there, there's twice as many unfilled jobs as there are people looking for jobs. I mean, really, really. And a, a lot of credit goes to, to everybody here. That The tax cuts play a big factor. Obviously, the Trump administration's deregulation plays a giant factor, probably even more of a factor than the tax cuts. Um, obviously, consumer confidence is at, is at all-time highs right now. The stock market is going strong despite the, the looming trade war with China. We have a booming economy. It, the, all Congress should be doing is confirming these damn judges and just pumping up the economy, talking about the economy 24-7. Maybe parlay that into another tax cut. Say, hey, look, the tax cuts help the economy. Let's, let's cut taxes even more. You know, we cut the corporate tax rate by 5%. Let's cut it by another 5% or, you know, whatever. But Mitch McConnell is going to focus. focus. I keep keeping people from smoking cigarettes. Really, like one that's just going to piss everybody off. But that's why it's bad politically. I mean, people don't like their freedoms being taken away. At least people on the right don't. I guess you know people on the left don't really care about freedom. But just it's bad optics. It's bad politics, and it's obviously just bad policy. It's horrible policy. Because who? It's not the. Oh my goodness. One, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but there should be one set age for everything. Either you're an adult or you're not. So the age that you can consent to sex is like anywhere from 16 in some states, 17 in other states. And then you can vote and join the army and smoke at 18, but you can't drink until you're 21. And you get a driver's license at 16. You can be tried as an adult in a court of law in some states as, as young as 15. So none of that makes any sense. So either you're an adult or you're not. And, uh, I mean, look, just make it all the same age. Make it all 18. Make it all 21. Heck, I'd be fine with people not voting until they're 25, to be quite honest with you. But either you're an adult in this country or you're not. So I don't like these random arbitrary ages where you can do stuff. It's either you're an adult and you can make up your own damn mind on what to do or you can't. And that should all happen at the same age. You're either an adult or you're not. So any just... All these debates are just weird, and they drive me crazy anyway. But look, our political opposition right now, if you're on the right, if you're a conservative or a libertarian, our, our political opponents, the Democratic Party, are, they, they are the party of communism. They're full-blown, open, proud socialists, led by people like Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They are on the offensive, they are on the offensive to take our rights away. They want to limit freedom of speech. They want to get rid of the First Amendment. They obviously want to confiscate all of our guns. They want to get rid of the Second Amendment. And they're not going to stop there. They want to abolish the Electoral College, right? They want to pack the Supreme Court. I mean, they want to, you know, they want uh, fully funded, on-demand, government-funded abortions up to the point of birth. Or in the case of uh, Rhode Island, New York, and Pennsylvania, they want government-funded taxpayer-funded abortions post-birth. Right? They are on the offensive with their communist evil agenda, right? They want to raise your taxes. They want to tax the rich at 90%. They, they want to confiscate your, your guns. Government-funded abortion until the, the point of birth. They are on the offensive. And we're not. And not only are we not on the offensive when it comes to liberty, there's people like Mitch McConnell like siding with the left on this, trying to take away somebody's freedom to buy a pack of smokes until they're 21, right? Like, we need to be on the offensive for the sake of liberty. 
The left is on the offensive to destroy liberty. They're proud. They're obnoxious about it. They're open. They're saying it. They're not hiding the ball. They're in your face about it. We need to be on the offensive for the cause of liberty, and we're just not. And this asinine proposal from Mitch McConnell, I mean, it's not going to get passed. At least I highly doubt it. I mean, who? why would they even take the time to debate legislation like this? It doesn't even make sense, and I doubt that it would get the votes anyway. I, I doubt 60 senators would vote for this, and I doubt that Trump would sign it into law. But why waste your time with ridiculous nonsense like this when the opposition party is on the full offensive against your freedoms, against your property rights, against your God-given liberties. And this started with bump stocks, right? We talked a little bit about bump stocks a couple years ago when, when uh, uh, the, the shooter in, in Las Vegas used a bump stock and killed a bunch of people, and then the Trump administration just banned it. I mean, it was completely unconstitutional for Trump to do that, just banned bump stocks. There was no legislation from Congress. He just said, executive order, you know, no more bump stocks. And most Republicans, most people on the right, not me, and people like me that value liberty and property rights, but a lot of people on the right were like, ah, you know, like I have guns, but I don't really, I don't own bump stocks. And you can kind of, you can kind of make your own bump stock out of a belt anyway, or out of like a rubber band. You know, I'm like, really, like it's, you know, eh, who cares? It can, you know, it's a compromise. But, you know, who cares if he bans bump stocks? No, stop, 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 stop. Instead of saying, oh, sure, I guess it's fine that the administration unconstitutionally banned bump stocks. We should be lobbying the administration and lobbying Congress to make fully automatic weapons legal. That's what we should be doing. We should be going on the offensive on the gun issue. All rights are property rights, ladies and gentlemen. When it comes to property rights, we need to be on the offensive. All rights are property rights, including the right to smoke. You know why? Because you own your own body. If you're an 18-year-old, you're an adult, legally speaking, in this country. You can fight in wars. You can be tried as an adult. You can vote. If you can vote and you can join the army, you own your own body. You make up your own decisions. All rights are property rights. If you're a slave then the government can tell you what you can and cannot do to your body. If you're a free man, as all 18-year-olds legally are in this country, you own your body, and you can decide what to do with it. So this is a violation of property rights. It's a violation of the Constitution, and we need to be on the offensive. Drugs are another issue. And it's not about drugs. And it's not about cigarettes. I don't smoke. I vape, but I do not smoke cigarettes. I quit five years ago. I own guns, but I actually only own handguns right now. I don't have any rifles, which I plan on buying some, but I'm poor. So, you know, whatever. Please subscribe to the show so I can get more sponsors and, and buy more guns, please. I'd, I'd really appreciate that, guys. But it's not about that. I'd have no use for a bump stock. I don't think I'd own a bump stock anyway because, I mean, honestly, you could just you could do it with your belt. I mean, it, it's really not – it doesn't make that big of a difference. But it's not about that. It's not, oh, well, I don't do, I don't smoke, I don't smoke weed. So who cares if weed's legal? I don't do Coke. Who cares if Coke's legal? I've, I've never, I've never used Coke in my entire life. I have a lot of friends that have. I, I'm just not, I'm not a hard drugs guy, personally speaking. I just, I've never done blow in my life. Blow should be legal. You know why? Because I'm not a slave. And if I'm not a slave and I value property rights, I should be able to put whatever I want in my body. We should be on the offensive. Not only to end the federal prohibition on marijuana, but to end the federal prohibition on things like mushrooms and Coke and LSD and DMT and all this other stuff. 
Why? Is it because that's good for you? Of course not. Please, audience, don't do coke. (laughs) It's bad. It's super addictive. I've seen it ruin some of my friends' lives. I'm in a band. Trust me. I've seen a lot of my colleagues in bands, you know, go broke on coke, okay? It's bad. But they're not slaves. And if you're not a slave, you should be able to do whatever the hell you want. Why should bump stocks be legal? Because fuck you. Because none of your business. Why should marijuana and coke and whatever be legal? Is it good for you? No. Are you a slave? Also, no. Property rights matter. We need to go on the offensive. Because our political opponents are. And people like Mitch McConnell, and I'm not saying like, Look, you're not going to primary Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell will be reelected. He'll still be Senate Majority Leader. Well, I hope to God he'll be Senate Majority Leader. If he's not, that means the Democrats took both houses of Congress, and that would be catastrophic. I'm not even talking about trying to get Mitch out of office. I'm talking about lobbying these people. I mean, making it clear that the Republican base, people that love liberty, libertarians, conservatives, value property rights. That we want our leaders, we want our congressional leaders, we want the Trump administration to go on offense for our God-given liberties. Go on offense to defend the Constitution. I'm tired of being on our back foot all the time. Like, we need to get more aggressive here, guys. We need to let Mitch McConnell know that this is ridiculous. Taking away rights is, is real bad, not just on a political level, also on a policy level, especially when the opposition party is enthusiastic about taking away our rights. The fact that the, one of the leaders of our party would introduce legislation taking away people's rights is absolutely asinine. And here's the thing, guys. I, I know a lot of you disagree with me on this. But this, this is just the truth. There are two parties, there are two viable political parties in this country, and that's not going to change. I highly doubt that's going to change in our lifetime. Eventually it might, I don't know. But it's not going to happen right now. So unfortunately, unfortunately, the GOP is the only alternative to the party of communism, to the party of partial birth abortion, to the party of 90% tax rates. Okay, we, we need to, the only way to affect change is to change the GOP from the inside. That's why you saw people, like good people, like Austin Peterson and Eric Brakey and some of these other guys who've been on our show that used to be libertarians joining the GOP and running. And both of them were defeated in their, their, their elections, unfortunately. But that's the only way to affect change, is to, to take the Rand Paul, the Mike Lee, the Mark Meadows, the Thomas Massey approach. And to try to change the GOP from the inside. So support these candidates that value property rights. Support these candidates that share your values. And let's try to change the GOP from the inside. It's, it's the only, at least, unless you guys can come up with a better idea. Unfortunately, that's the, uh, that's the best option I have. And it's very disappointing seeing one of the, the most powerful members of the Republican Party, Mitch, Mah- Mitch McConnell, introduce any legislation that would curtail rights and property rights. It's very disappointing. The same with the administration banning bump stocks. It's like, are you kidding me? The wolves are at the gate, guys. The opposition are coming for our liberties. They're coming for our property rights. We need to go on the offensive defending our property rights. That's all I got for today. Um, Yeah, sorry about the little... Actually, I'm coming up on a half hour. Wasn't that short. Wasn't that short. Uh, Yeah, but uh, I have a couple great guests coming on next week. Uh, Definitely look forward to that. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I will be back on Monday. 
no gimmicks. Thank you.